You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. Ain't no loyalty in this game. If the cup was to be in a strip club, I feel like the cup would be getting dollar bills thrown at it. And Anthony Rinaldi. Get some beer. Get some whatever. Start celebrating. We're throwing single dollar bills at the ladies out there. He is still doing a keg stand from game five. The show starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed. This is the Dab Podcast Friday, Dab Edition 23. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and with me on this Friday is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew. How are you? I'm doing well, as always, but I'm even I'm doing even more well, if that's a statement, this Friday, Anthony, because we have Major League Baseball on the docket, and you better believe that fires me up going into the weekend and in the playoff race. Baseball is finally all this grind, 162 games, finally. We have a little bit more of a playoff picture. We know basically who's going to be playing in, well, in the AL, I should say. The NL is still a crapshoot. That NL West could be fun, Andrew. Colorado, Dodgers. Ain't nobody want to win that division, Andrew. No, and, and not in a year where the AL almost feels like the Western Conference of the NBA, I feel like the NL, and we'll get into it more, but I feel like the NL might make some noise come this playoff season. But first, we remind everybody, it is Twitter and it's Instagram. Social media blitz. It's Dab Podcast on both and the website's DAABpodcast.com. The Dab Podcast is sponsored by Dig Me Nation. Head over to digmenation.com, use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18, and you'll receive 30% off every single one of your purchases. Remember, the Dab Podcast is the fish official podcast of the guy in the tie. Head over to digmenation.com, and we are also sponsored by VM Sports. That's right, that's vm-sports.com. Great event, December 2nd, four. World Series champion, New York Yankees. Your boy, Andrew Romanella. Your other boy, Anthony Rinaldi. The guy in the tie, VM, the whole crew will be there. VM-sports.com. Use the promo code DEP and receive 25% off of those tickets. Okay. Former Yankees. The Yankees are in the playoffs. Great little segue. Mr. Rinaldi. Essentially, the regular season is over. We have about three games left. The wild card happens on Wednesday, and we pretty much have a clear picture of what we're going to see. I can't wait to get into this. Uh, like, like I kind of mentioned earlier, besides the Colorado and Dodger uh, melee, you know, throwing the Cardinals because they're fighting for that wild card, it looks like most of your playoff picture is all wrapped up. There were some surprising teams in there. I mean, listen, the Atlanta Braves, who would have thought? I, th- I thought they were a year or two away, actually. And look at them, first place. A, uh, NL East. The, the high-powered Dodgers, Andrew, I thought they were going to run away with the NL West, to tell you the truth. I, I thought them in Arizona were hanging around all year long. But, I mean, Colorado, out of nowhere. I mean, am I right, Andrew? Like, did, did you see Colorado taking over first place in the NL West? There's a few teams. I think Colorado, one of them, forefront. And I think guys like Arenado, Trevor Story are huge in that. I think the Brewers are another team, a team that we had talked about a little bit at the beginning of the year, that the Braves 
huge. And if it wasn't for the Phillies disastrous, like last 40 games of the year, the Phillies would have been on that conversation. The Cardinals who fired their manager halfway through the year. So it, you're right, Anthony. It, it's interesting because there are a lot of teams that we didn't expect there that are fighting for playoff spots. So what I wanted to do today with you, Mr. Rinaldi, because because it's such been such an interesting year, I'll call it, in the baseball world. The Red Sox are having a historic year while the Yankees are also about to win 100 games. And you have 300-game winners potentially in the American League. We can give out some postseason, some, excuse me, some regular season awards. So, Mr. Rinaldi... You're all fired up about these teams. Fired up, Andrew. That are are surprising us. Give me your team of the year in Major League Baseball. My team of the year, the New York Yankees. No, I'm just kidding. That's a kind of a homer pick. Can't go there, Andrew. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Braves. You know, they were quite the powerhouse, as you know, back in the NL East. I think what from like 2000 what 2000 or 2003 to like 2012 or something. They won every single. The 90s, too. They won a World Series, and I think it was 1997, 1996, something like that. Right, and then they've kind of been a dumpster fire. You know, they, I've always been a fan of the old man Brian Cox when he was managing the, Red, uh, the Braves. So I'm going to tell you that, you know, that young squad, I mean, besides Freddie Freeman and Nick Markakis, two of their older players, I mean, Albies, Acuna, I mean, these young Thundercats really took hold and gave the Braves – that, that early life at the beginning of the season, and you saw him basically from, from wire to wire uh, lead the NL East. And I think I, I don't think they're going to make too much noise in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, it's a great story, 19 games over 500. But I, I think that's my surprise team, Andrew. I, I really like the Atlanta Braves this year. I completely agree with you, and it, and it pains me to say because I'm a Mets fan. And the Braves have given me so much in my lifetime, being born in 1990, the Braves have given me so much pain as a Mets fan. And this year is probably the first year I'll, I will truly give the most kudos to the Atlanta Braves. You expected them to be nowhere. And one guy that I want to say to you, Anthony, that deserves more credit than anybody in the entire world is Freddie Freeman. Because Freddie Freeman has been consistently one of the best, if not the best first baseman in Major League Baseball. He's the nicest guy. He doesn't say a word. He knows how to hit with two strikes. He's an old school type ball player. And oh, by the way, every single year he leads his team in every offensive category. And this year is no different. So I agree with you, but I don't agree with you in the team that I picked because I'm going with the Milwaukee Brewers. And there's one reason saying that even saying that since uh, since, uh, February, Andrew, I'm sticking with my guns. I think I went back the other day, Anthony, it was like, I was like, episode like 18 or 19 that I predicted it. And I remember when I, when I said it to you the first time in like a pre-show meeting, you were like, you're crazy. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be crazy. crazy. No one one cares about the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. You nailed it. I must say I'm completely wrong there. You nailed it. And I'll tell you what they've, they've showed up. And I think personally with the addition of Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Kane, uh, not that Yelich was that was a winner, but he's a great ball player. Lorenzo Kane, having come from the Royals, who have been a small market S team and gone to a World Series, an underdog S team and gone to a World Series. Um, they won it the year they weren't an underdog, but either way. Um, and then the back end of their bullpen has actually showed up. Listen to this, Ant. There are three guys on the Milwaukee Brewers right now that have double-digit saves. You have Josh Hader, and he's got 11 with a 2-2 ADRA. 
also has 21 holds on the year, which means he cleaned the eighth inning out and gave it to his closer. Jeremy Jeffries has 13 saves on the year, and he throws a 1-3-3 ERA at you. And then Corey Neble has 16. He leads the team, and he's got a 3-7 ERA. That's a three-headed monster that you actually don't really want coming at you when it comes playoff time. I mean, listen, defense, obviously starting pitching, but bullpen is going to be – I feel like bullpen more so than ever in the past few years have really been like the kind of the saving grace of teams. And, you know, like t- typical of my Yankees, like you get th- you get us through five innings, I started to through five, six innings and just turn it over to the bullpen. You, and, you know, uh, Milwaukee has that three-headed monster, like you just said. So I, I think they can make some noise in that, in that NL uh, – uh, division, but like, I just I keep going back to it. Dodgers and Cubs, man. I, for some reason, I just think those two teams are on a collision course for the NL championship. Yeah, and and I don't want to discredit Aguilar either um, for the Brewers because if you look at their offensive stats, Yelich, Kane, and Aguilar lead all five of the key offensive categories: batting average, home runs, RBIs, on base percentage, and hits. So. Watch the Milwaukee Brewers make some noise. I'm serious. With us being on the NL, Mr. Rinaldi, give me your NL MVP for the 2018 campaign. Wow, the NL MVP. This one's tough for me, mainly because I want to go with somebody who's just going to blow your mind, Andrew. You ready for this? Yeah, I am. Can I say, can I, I mean, he's on a terrible team. Like an absolutely terrible, terrible team. <laughs> the worst team in baseball. Not the worst team in baseball, but in my mind, they're the worst team ever. And that's your boy, Jacob DeGrom. Really? And I'm not talking about – I mean, he, I think he's going to lock down NL Cy Young. But, I mean, this dude, the way he's pitching – and if I mean, I, I have to find a stat. I can't find it directly, so I'll have to kind of like make it up and paraphrase it. But I think it was some absurd stat line that if he would have gotten – it seems like a lot, but if he would have gotten an average of four runs a game for, by the Mets on the games he pitched, I think he'd be 31-0. You are 100% correct, Mr. Rinaldi. And I mean, the stats he's thrown up, and yes, he didn't. Scherzer has 300 home runs. Uh, 300, hello. 300 strikeouts this year. You know, he's got, a, he's got a little bit of higher ERA. So, I mean, obviously, the, the NL style Young is going to be interesting. But I just think Jacob DeGrom and what he provided the New York Mets and their, I would say, minimal offense when he pitched. I mean, the guy was incredible this year. I've almost, almost unheard of for the type of era of baseball we're in to, to watch a pitcher pitch almost to a, a one seven ERA is absurd. And frankly, I think he dominated from start to finish. You know, he's healthy guy goes about his business. He's a consummate pro never, never going to hear anything bad about Jacob deGrom. He's always kind of, he was under the radar in his own frigging team. You know, you had the, you had the dark Knight Matt Harvey there. You had Noah Syndergaard Thor there, but this guy, Jacob deGrom has been the number one since day one. And frankly, I think he's my NL MVP. You, you blew my mind. And as much as I want to be fired up that you chose a New York Met, I just have to disagree with you so much just because I can't. And this is just a fundamental issue for me as an individual. I cannot choose a pitcher as the MVP. Even when Cl- 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 I think it was Kershaw Goat maybe or it was Verlander. Yeah, that Kershaw was- Goat that both of them have won MVPs before. And I just, I have to disagree because here's my argument. And with the Mets, it's even more perfect because they're not even in the playoffs. So how could he be an MVP of a team that's not in the playoffs? I get it. You're probably saying that they win 45, 50 games if he's not. But at the end of the day, they only won, I think 10, I think it was like 15 of his total starts or something like that. So he, 
unfortunately, is the Cy Young, yes, and we'll get into that. But he can't be the MVP, A, because his team's on the playoffs, and B, it's just so hard to be the most valuable player if your team, one, isn't winning, but two, you're not playing in most of its games. And I think, for me at least, that's, that's all it is, is how can I choose a guy that has 32 starts over a guy that has 625 plate appearances? That's you know, that's the hardest part about it because, yeah, he might be the best pitcher in baseball, but A, they're not going to win the World Series. B, they're not even in the playoffs. And C, this guy, whatever it is, list off five different offensive players have affected 142 baseball games this year, not just 32. Hmm. Interesting argument, Andrew. But what if, what if, say, 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 say that he would have been like, a, say they would have won 15 more of his games. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a lot number. But that would have got the Mets to 90. They may be in the playoffs. I feel like a guy with that, that, that amount of talent, you know, the Mets just gave him a little bit of run support. The Mets may be fighting for a playoff spot right now. And we could be having this argument in a whole different light. And I don't disagree with you on that 100%. But does that still make him the most valuable player on the team? Because that's not Jacob deGrom winning those baseball games. That's everybody else. So, yes, he is the most valuable player because he's thrown to the tune of a 170 ERA. And in 31 of 32 starts, he's allowed three or less runs. And that's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, you just made that point because his team is the cause of them being 15 games away from being in the playoffs as opposed to, and, and, and we're considering him the MVP. And that's, I guess the basis of my argument is we can't choose a pitcher as the MVP because unfortunately they can't be the most valuable player. Cause if the nine guys don't score, they could have a zero ERA. You could still lose every one of those baseball games. So at the end of the day, it's almost built to where they have the Cy Young because you can't really be an MVP if you're a pitcher because you can't affect but more than 25% of the season. Yeah, you could talk about what he does in the locker room, but how can I judge that as somebody voting on the outside world, right? And for me, I go with Christian Yelich. See, to me, and I'm going to stay with the Brewers and you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. When I wrote this down last night, I'm like, dude, he's going to laugh at me when I say this. But Clive Brewers fan over there. I'm going Christian Yelich because... I think the trade of Christian Yelich, and I said before with Lorenzo Kane, they also went and traded for Mustakas halfway through the year. But that getting Christian Yelich was was a message to the Brewers organization, to the guys in the Brewers clubhouse at the beginning of the year in the offseason saying, We want to be better, we want to win. We were a decent team last year. We can be a good team this year. And I think that rejuvenated everybody. Then signing Lorenzo Kane and the deal they signed him to, just showing the people in the organization that they were willing to put their necks out there for certain players, make some trades and make this ball club better to compete. Well, Christian Yelich goes out, leads the national league in batting average hitting 321. He's seventh in home runs at 333, and the leader's only at 36. So it's not, he's that far off the pace and he's fifth in the national league in RBIs at 104. To me, if you remove Christian Yelich and the crazy part about that is in some of those stack categories, Lorenzo Kane is also up there as well. So two guys that the Brewers added this offseason. But if you remove Christian Yelich right now, to me, he is the most valuable player in the National League. Can't argue that, Andrew, but he's not. A, for me, he's not a true Milwaukee Brewers since he's got there this year. So I got <laughs> to say your argument is false and I win. Take it Simply because he was traded to the Brewers. All right. Flip me to the AL. Give me your AL MVP. Oh, it pains me to say this because I had to 
I had to debate in my head. It was two friggin' Boston Red Sox players. But I mean, this guy is literally a few, a few, a few stats away from being a category, a five-star category hog. Probably not going to win your AL batting title. Uh, I mean, triple crown, but he's close. And I, I have to give it to JD Martinez. Wow. Born between him and Mookie Betts. But the dude, I mean, JD Martinez, talk about a trade. I mean, everybody was all excited when the when the Yankees signed the NL MVP last year. But I mean, this dude comes from Arizona and just continues to rake 42 home runs, 127 RBI, and he's batting like 330. I mean, the dude is a friggin' just a hitting machine. I watched a, an ESPN clip on him and they showed exactly like his kind of his routine. And it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he is as good as he is because the dude just works in the cages. He's in the batting cage 24 seven doing nothing but just hitting baseballs. And you can sell. I mean, the dude is a monster. I mean, Andrew, he's almost the triple crown winner. Chris Davis from Oakland has a few more home runs and obviously his own teammate Mookie Betts has a higher average, but the dude is just a beast and he's going to kind of haunt me for the rest of of my baseball fandom for the next few years as a Boston Red Sox. See, to me, there could be four guys that win the, the MVP on the AL side. And I agree with you. I think two of them are in the lineup for the Boston Red Sox. And I think one of them, and I was torn, and it was between the exact same guys, because I think those are the three guys that everyone's going to talk about, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, and Chris Davis. I go with Chris Davis in this scenario and I'm probably not going to be with the majority here, but I go with Chris Davis because I look at the Oakland Athletics and probably the same way I choose Christian Yelich as a team that we didn't expect to be there. They're the lowest payroll team in Major League Baseball right now, and they're on the precipice of winning 95 baseball games. Actually, they won, so they're 96 and 63, and that came out of nowhere. They're, they were on the precipice of hosting the home wild card game. And a lot of that has to do with the 47 home runs and 121 RBIs that Chris Davis brought to the table. Cause think about it, right? We're talking about JD Martinez with 127 and 42. We're talking about Chris Davis, 47 and 121. That's really subjective, right? I mean, let's be serious. They're both most valuable player candidates. And you, if you were to read off Mookie bet stats, it'd make it even harder. The, I guess the reason why I fall on the Chris Davis side is because I, I don't think the A's could be there literally if you remove him from their lineup. If you remove J.D. Martinez, I think the Boston Red Sox are probably still a wild card contender. I, I listen, can't argue with Chris Davis. I mean, obviously, the dude's a strikeout machine, has a low average, but the dude's got a lot of pop, and he definitely makes that Oakland offense that much more powerful, which, frankly, I'm going to see October 4th, Thursday, in a one-playoff game series against my New York Yankees. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's just, yeah, I mean, just talking about it gets me excited because it's, it's, it's good teams. You're about to see some really good offensive teams face off in this playoffs. All right, so I like it. Let's keep cooking because we have some Cy Young Award standout, and we also have a Manager of the Year to hand out. And maybe you can tell me who you think might win this World Series. And we just everybody out there listening, man, send us your end of the year major league baseball awards at dab podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, hit us on Facebook, head to the website, send us an email, double a balls podcast at gmail.com. There's a lot of outlets to get us at. All right, Mr. Rinaldi, we've been sticking with the NL first. So let's flip the script here. Let's go with the AL first. I need my AL Cy Young award winner. My AL Cy Young award winner. I think it's pretty much locked up. I guess I should say it's pretty much locked up, but I, I got to give it to 
I got to give it to Tampa Bay Buc- Tampa Buccaneers. Hello, it's football, Andrew. Tampa Bay Warren Sapp. <laughs> Warren Sapp. Wins the- <laughs> I'm going to go with my man, Blake Snell. I agree. Um, I, mean, I'm him, it's Tim Ver- I think Tim or Verlander in the AL, tell you the truth. I mean, Corey Kluber's up there and Trevor Bauer from Cleveland. But, I mean, Blake Snell on a team that wasn't supposed to do anything. The dude just fired off a 21 and five record, and I'm going to argue that wins don't mean crap in my NL sign prediction. Me too. But I mean, he's got a whip under one and an ERA sub two on a team that plays against the Red Sox and the Yankees, not uh, 38 times out of the year. That's a pretty good. Those are some pretty good numbers to put up, Andrew. When your opponents are hitting 178 against you and you mentioned, as you just did, the teams that you play, yeah, that is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter, especially in the Cy Young, if the, if the guy's team is in the playoffs, because the argument I made to you before, if the offense sucks or the offense doesn't score for that guy, look, and you're going to look at the two differences. And I think both of us can sit here and agree right now, Anthony, our NL Cy Young award winner is Jacob DeGrom. I mean, you you picked him for your NL MVP. How do I not make him this so young? <laughs> right. So Jacob Degrom sits at ten and nine. Well, Blake Snell and and I don't really put a lot of stock in the record for pitchers, even though Blake Snell's twenty one and five. But at the same time, that's still impressive because in a scenario where you have a team that puts up run support for you, that's more of a scenario now where Blake's now had a lot of opportunities to blow leads and he didn't. So you do have to put stock in wins and losses to a certain degree, because there are more scenarios than not where the pitcher has the opportunity to get the win. And the only reason he doesn't is because he blows it on his own. The team already got him that lead, right? Well, on Jacob Zagram's case, he had no run support every time he stepped on the mound. So how, how does it matter if your team's in the playoffs or not? If that, this guy, and no more so than ever in an award, a single singular award, stats matter. And to your point, Ant, the one that you take out of this argument to choose a Cy Young is the record. And you look at both of them. 1-9 ERA for Blake Snell, 1-7 ERA for Jacob DeGrom. 217 innings pitched for Jacob DeGrom, 175 two-thirds for Blake Snell. Two, 211 Ks for Snell, 269 for DeGrom. Opponent's batting average for Jacob DeGrom was a 1-9-6. Opponent batting average for Blake Snell was a 1-7-8. And DeGrom started in 32. Blake Snell started in 30. I mean, if you give it to one, how could you not give it to the other? All right, listen, I can't make an argument. I mean, I, I, I get it. Scherzer and Nola had great years in that L. But, I mean, if the wins and losses, like you said, I mean, King Felix, I think, in 2013 won it with 13. was I think was the least amount of wins the pitcher has won the Cy Young. He was like 500, right? Yeah, I think it was 13 and 12, something like that. Um, so, yeah, so, so, like just right above 500 or at 500. And that was like, oh, my God. You know, that, was, that was like painstaking for, the, for the, that, those old school writers. But hopefully – they've turned a corner, the writers, and they've realized that, I mean, what is just, I mean, just the eyeball test alone, dude's got 29 going back to last year, 29 straight quality starts, which again, in an era where pitching uh, a lot of teams go to the bullpen early or teams don't have the firepower. Uh, this, Jacob DeGrom's firing off six plus innings every time he goes out and you're getting under three runs. I mean, he's, 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 he's everything you want in a pitcher. And I think he, not easily wins the Cy Young, but I think at the end of it, everyone after the last after the, the his last start, eight, eight innings strong, ten Ks against the playoff team, Atlanta. By the way, he's still fighting for you know some home field advantage. 
So, and this dude just went up and mowed him down. So, I'm giving it to DeGrom. I'm giving it to Snell. I don't care what you say, Andrew. Oh, well, I agree with you. So, I guess you could kind of care what I say. And just to, <laughs> to hammer the nail in the coffin, in eight starts this year, Jacob DeGrom allowed zero runs. In 10 starts, he allowed one run. In five starts, he allowed two. And in eight starts, he allowed three. You don't even need to add up the math. You just hear the numbers and say, zero, one, two, three. And then that was a lot of starts he just listed off. Wow. You could say, wow, he's probably like 28 and 30 record, right? Right. And he literally probably could have been, to your point, realistically, probably 28 and two, because let's be serious. No, not every pitcher is getting four run support every single time he's on the mound. That's realistic. What happened to Jacob Crom is kind of unheard of. And if you think about it for such a long period of time, but you could realistically say this man could have been 28 and two this year. And I think if they do not give him the Cy Young award, I really think there should be a boycott from somebody in baseball. Like there should be hell raised if this man does not win the Cy Young. And I might be that guy raising hell wherever I can be. If it's Sea Caucus at the MLB Network Studios, I will be raising hell in Sea Caucus at the MLB Network Studios. Okay. Last one. Last award to hand out on this Friday. Dab Jordan year episode 23. Who is your manager of the year? I mean, Aaron Boone. No, I can't go to the Yankees. That was just too oh easy. God, I, don't I, don't, I don't want to be that. I, I'm going to stick with my, with my Tampa Bay Rays, man in the own division. I got to give it to you. I'm looking at the roster. I can't, I, I have no idea who any of these guys are. I mean, obviously they're, all, <laughs> they're, all, they're all professionals. But I literally could name you one position player on the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are 19 ga- 16 games, six, I think 16 games over 500. So I'm going to give my manager of the year to Kevin Cash, the guy who said we're going to start a bullpen reliever every inning of, of, of a game as a, as, a, as a spot starter. And frankly, it kind of almost worked out for him. Yeah, Andrew, they are 17 games over 500, 88 and 71. And they're playing, I think, like, to a tune of like 26 and seven or something since the all-star break an absurd, I hate you. an absurd record. So I'm going, I hate Kevin, you. I'm going Kevin cash. Why did I pick you? Did I just pick your guy? You picked my entire page. Like if you look at my notes right now for this episode, you're, you're literally reading off my entire notebook. That's we're not, we're not even sitting together. That's not even, and we didn't even talk about it. Yeah, I agree. I hate it that I agree. I thought I was going to be able to like yell and scream at you and stuff, but then I'll go Aaron Boone. He started, he started the, what's called the opener. And that is another version of a starter. And it's essentially a bullpen day. And a guy opens the game, probably goes one time through the order against that team. And then you go pretty much bullpen by bullpen arm for the rest of the game. And, and people called him crazy. People told him he was stupid. And I did something fun last night. I went back and I researched all of the preseason write-ups on the Tampa Bay Rays and everything you read, it's going to be a rebuilding year. It should be a fun rebuilding year. Like it it was noticed that there was talent on the roster, but it was supposed to just be a rebuilding year. And, and, and Kevin cash essentially until the week of September, like 23rd had this team fighting for a playoff spot, 17 games over 500, any other year he's in the playoffs. It's just that this year it happened with, two teams, three teams in the AL having historic years, plus the athletics who, if you think about are having a historic year. So it's just one of those things where you just chose the wrong year to have a year like this. I would say yeah, chose the wrong year and chose the wrong division. I mean, yeah, they're 88 and 71. Uh, Cleveland who clinched the central, I think in May, 
is 89 and 70. So, right. I mean, it's just literally just a, like, like you said, it's just uh, unfortunate that they play in a division with the Yankees and, and Boston who had two great years and also other teams who put up 90 plus wins for the first time in a while. So I listen, like you said, it, that's a perfect way to describe it. It was a fun rebuilding year for the Tampa Bay Rays. And it was just fun to read all those old articles and, and realize that, Oh my God, How you know, everybody was. Yeah. And, and, and it was the same thing with the brewers. And I, I, again, now I am going to toot my own horn a little bit cause I'm fired up that I, I chose it so many months ago, but it's the same thing with a lot of these teams, man. Like it's, it's very few and far between that. We actually really get it right. Cause who the hell are we? How do we actually know? And Oh, by the way, no one thought the Miami dolphins would be three, you know, no one thought the bills would beat the Vikings last week. I could go on and on. It's just the way sports is. That's why it's fun. You have to play the game. You also can't hold it against guys when they have really, really good records or lack of really good records like Jacob DeGrom, and they still deserve post-wards. And if you look up and down the AL, manager of the year should be a team that's not in the playoffs. Cy Young should be the team that's not a guy that's not in the playoffs. NL Cy Young should be a guy that's not in the playoffs. You know, sometimes that's just the way it goes, and I really hope the baseball writers get it right. We'll find out shortly. We'll find we out should. shortly, Andrew. We will. All right. Hey, listen, I know you got to get to work. Unfortunately, this isn't our full-time jobs yet. Okay. We'll hopefully get there one day. But really quickly, 10 seconds, who are you watching, who you feel? If you're not choosing your New York Yankees, or if you are, I want your honest opinion on your favorite to possibly make some noise in this playoffs. I'm going to, in 10 seconds or less, I'm going to pick my Yankees just to be a homer because I love my lineup. I love the bullpen. We just got to figure a way to get there with our starting pitching. Uh, like I said, you don't want to see that lineup come October baseball. Let's get past Oakland, folks. Let's move on to Boston. That's all the pressure square on Boston's shoulders, Andrew. 107-plus wins, probably about 108 or 9 by the all said and done of the year. If they don't win it with a title, what a waste of a 109-win season, Andrew. So I'm going with my New York Yankees versus the L.A. Dodgers. Not a very fun uh, pick, but those two teams are going to bring a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of lust back to the baseball industry if those two in the World Series, a little L.A., a little New York. Two big market teams, Andrew. So badly do I want to choose the Oakland Athletics, but I don't want our, our matchup to die out after the first game. So uh, Cleveland Indians, that's it. They, no one's talking about them. They've Nobody's been a consistent good team. I love Terry Francona. Everyone's talking about his old school squad in Boston. Hey, who was the guy that ended that curse? It was Terry Francona. Watch out for the Cleveland Indians. Listen, my partner, it's been Friday, Dab 23, and it has been a pleasure. Andrew. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to have a great weekend. Let's go Penn State. Big big weekend this weekend. It's college sports, a little NFL action. Can't wait to talk to you next week, buddy. I'll talk to you later, folks. Have a good one. Look out for that guy in the tie at the Penn State-Ohio State game. Head over to digmenation.com. Find the guy in the tie. Use Dig the Dab 18 for 30% off, as well as VM-Sports. Head over to the event. Dinner with Legends, December 2nd. Use the promo code DAP, get 25% off. For my partner, Anthony Rinaldi, I am your host, Andrew Romanello. This has been the DAP Podcast. Friday, DAP, Jordan year, 23. Visit us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We are out. Sabroso, me gusta así, pa, 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 sabroso. Me gusta así, pa, pa, sabroso.